Welcome to Action Line. I am Dano filling in for Kevin Allen this week. And I have across from me, Madam Mayor Beth Weldon of Juno. Good morning, Madam Mayor. Good morning. You've been busy this week. I bet your jaw hurts. It's been a very busy week for me, but you know, covering Kevin, he covers for me while I'm gone. So, you know, just kind of paying it forward there. And I'm glad I could get you in here to do a little more formal setting than what we do on my morning show. Yes, so, absolutely. That's why I skipped your morning show. I walked the dog instead of talking with you. <laughs> That's okay, because I knew I would have you in here today, and we had a lot to dive into. So let's start off with Juno's first big cruise ship arriving Monday, the Norwegian Bliss. 4,000 passengers and 1,700 crew members. Now, obviously, it's not going to be full to start, but they're saying by the end of the season, it should be. Now, we seem to we can't get a exact number on how many tourists we're exactly estimating this year. I've seen figures of a million to 1.8. So I guess, what's the city estimating? So when the city did their budget, um, we did our budget based on 1 million passengers coming into town. So, And yes, the Norwegian Bliss will be here Monday. So they'll be at the AJ Dock at 1.30 if you want to come help welcome the first cruise ship in town. We've missed them a lot for the last two years. So this week... Uh, or next this coming week um, we'll have a ship Monday Wednesday and Friday so but I was just walking on the West Glacier Trail and you could hear the helicopters practicing and <clears throat> several buses were driving empty with apparently new drivers trying to make all the corners so um, fun to see the activity happening in town. See, Alexandria Pierce, our new Juno Tourism Manager, has been very, very busy, and I really appreciate the fact that she's kind of laying out when it's going to be busy this year, what's the high volume going to be, and she's kind of kind of laid it out on the CBJ's website. Yes, she has. She's done a good job with that and just trying to uh, let people know where we're going to see the most impacts. And now, of course, if you encounter any problems, I'm sure you will be following closely the TBMP hotline. Correct. Well, I don't follow it that closely. <laughs> uh, we uh, That ha happens with Travel Geno and, of course, Kirby Day, who we just love. Yeah. And um, the Tourism Best Management Practices, of course, hotline is 907-586-6774. And we're encouraging people, if you see anything funny out there, like the specific tour or anything like that, give them a call. Yep. Give them a call because they do reach out to whatever vendor created the problem and tried to figure out what happened and try to find solutions to make sure it doesn't happen again. So one thing we are curious about with the tour season starting, we've been hearing rumblings of something called a medallion programming. I was wondering if you could tell us about that. Okay. Um, the medallion program is something that the princess was looking at. The princess line was looking at, um, in Alaska, they do it elsewhere. Um, so if you've been to Disneyland, that's sort of that program type thing that you get a little wristband and as you walk into Disneyland, you don't have to carry a wallet or purse or anything and you can just buy things with a little flick of your wristband. So Princess was looking at doing that, which and it works well in Disneyland and it works well in ports that Disney owns because there's no local businesses or anything, but um, it wouldn't have worked so well in Juneau or even Alaska because we have so many local businesses and vendors. <clears throat> uh, part of the problem is it uh, costs quite a bit to be in this program and um, the tracking of the data and the sales data especially is quite concerning to our local vendors as then Princess knows what people are buying and what would stop them from selling this stuff on board the ship instead of having them come to the local market. But um, anyway, uh, Princess, uh, working with the city as they have done in the past, uh, kudos to Princess, reached out to us. And uh, yesterday they are pausing the program in Alaska and reevaluating whether it should be done in Alaska. So we appreciate, as always, they're working with the city. And that will be the entire season, correct? Correct. 
Okay, so is it something they're just going to look into and we'll look into later, or is it something we know is coming down the line? Um, they're reevaluating it and see if it's going to work in Alaska at all. So, and um, we have shown them several things. And thanks to our local merchants um, for helping us uh, come up with reasons this wouldn't be good for Juno and therefore the rest of Alaska. And we just are having conversations right now and saying, oh, this isn't really a good fit for Juno or Alaska. So let's shift gears because obviously every Wednesday you are very, very busy right now talking about finance meetings. So we'll get to finance coming up. But on Monday, there's a really big assembly meeting. And I think it's really important because of all the public comment that is going to be on that. So I think we should kind of dive into that agenda right now because Monday's assembly meeting is so big and some important things are getting talked about. So let's kind of highlight some of that, Beth, especially what you think is very important. Um, So Monday is the our public hearing for all of our budget stuff. So um, the actual budget for the whole city, that's the time for the public to comment. And I just have to clarify something. So right now the budget is the budget being presented by the staff and the city manager. The um, assembly has not approved it, has not done anything with it. I mean, we just got an email this morning that says, why are you raising the mill rate? The assembly hasn't done anything yet. This is just the proposed budget. It's sort of like the governor puts a budget and then the legislature works with it. Um, same kind of idea. But Monday, if you have some concerns about the budget, you can certainly testify. We'll also be uh, looking at the school district's budget. So if you haven't didn't testify in the school district budget at the school district level, you can certainly do it at our, at our level. Um, we will be discussing the mill rate. So if you want to talk about that uh, in the manager's proposed bu- budget, it does go back to the 10 point six six rather than the ten point five six um and then we'll also be talking about our capital improvement project um priorities so um those are big ticket items that uh we're just having them on monday for public comment and they will go back to finance they're scheduled to go back to finance we just wanted the public to weigh on them before we started working on them Um, we are still in the process of hearing from the different entities Um, like our last meeting we heard from docks and harbors and travel Juno, and the one coming up wednesday off the top of my head i know we're talking about to the airport and that's as far as i can go (laughs) eagle crest too. airport eagle crest and there's one other that i'm forgetting Okay, so we're working with about a $3 million deficit right now going into 2023. Now, obviously, it's going to be a little tricky to solve that, but is that the reason for the mill rate increase? Uh, that was the reason that the... Or to, uh, to, to propose a yeah, mill rate increase. Exactly. That's the reason that uh, the city manager proposed a mill re- rate increase because we were looking at a $3 million deficit. And that deficit comes from a variety of... Uh, um, avenues. Uh, One of them, he put in an extra $1.5 million in the CIP budget, just because everything is costing more, um, as people are aware of. We also increased some positions. Uh, We added three new uh, positions in streets. So yes, we heard everybody talking about their snow berms. Um, Not to say that the berms are going to be gone, but hopefully we'll be able to uh, plow a little quicker this year if we have as much snow. And we also added um, one and a half positions um, to the clerk's office, just because there of the all the zooming of all the meetings it's uh, um, getting overwhelming for the clerks especially as more and more of our boards and commissions are coming back uh, live in person but we still have a zoom component so those are some of the things of why we have the deficit and the deficit would just be bigger if he didn't add the point uh, one mill rate uh, a point one mill rate equivalents to about five hundred thousand so if he didn't have that it would be closer to a four million dollar deficit so that's already factored in then 
then is what yeah. you're saying. Okay, yeah. so with a $4 million deficit, I guess what are some of the things you're kind of leaning on to kind of curb this deficit a little bit, looking mm-hmm. into the fiscal year yeah. 2023? Um, well, that's going to be the big decision on this assembly. Um, things are just so different this time because of the COVID and where are we with COVID? Have we recovered? Have we not recovered? And that's going to be the big decision of whether we pass it with a deficit or try to fill that deficit. Um, we are anticipating something that's called the lapse that people, that uh, departments won't spend quite as much. Typically that's about 500,000 and we may, it may be much higher this year. So do we try and fix it or do we not try and fix it? That will be the big question before the assembly this year, and which is a d- very different question than in the past. Yes, years. yes, exactly. And obviously food tax getting talked about too for that to kind of help with that. So there's little things yep, that the, are getting the, thrown out there right now to try right. to curb this. And that, well, the food tax will not solve anything. It actually will make it worse. And we would have to come up with that. We, um, The assembly is looking at taking the tax... Uh, sales tax off food, and that brings about a $6 million, sometimes up to closer to $7 million uh, deficit in our budget, and so we would have to find revenue replacement. We are looking at removing some of the exemptions of the sales tax, but we would not get there all the way with just removal of some exemptions. We would either have to look at increasing overall sales tax or increasing sales tax in the summer, and both of those are... Um, have some pretty strong cons against them. If we do get 1.8 million cruise ship passengers, will that help? Uh, that would definitely help. I don't think that we're gonna get that this year. I think the $1 million is probably a pretty safe bet. But if we do get a few extra, 1.1 million, all of that helps. Okay, so that's something, has that been factored in at all or you're just sticking with it? We think it's gonna be 1 million basing we're, we're it off just, that. Uh, well, like I said, they have to pick somewhere. It's tough to project. I mean, <laughs> it is. It is, especially the past two yeah, years. I mean, you have to, if you just take your own life, can you project what you're going to have in your savings account in, you know, a year? It's pretty hard to do. And actually, we have a two year budget, so it's even over two years. So they picked the one million this year because we know that the ships coming in early are not going to be full. And we've heard as low as numbers as 30%. We're hoping they're a little bit higher, but we're hoping by at least June, if not July, um, that they'll be full capacity. But right now, we're expecting them to be a lesser capacity. I'm sitting here with Madam Mayor Beth Weldon of Juno. I am Dano filling in for Kevin Allen on Action Line. We'll be back with more. Dano sitting in for Kevin Allen for Action Line this week. And I have across from me Madam Mayor Beth Weldon. Beth, we've been talking about finances and the big meeting coming up on Monday for the Assembly. There is a ton of public comment going on. Now, one thing we just ended before the break was ways the city could increase revenue to kind of help with this deficit. And I have to bring this up because it is such a hot button issue right now. Is that what you're expecting the gondola to do eventually? Um, we have been we expecting, well... This kind of a this, goal this, for the, it, I guess. The assembly is showing faith in the Eagle Crest board of the Eagle Crest managers. What happened with the vote for the gondola? So we're hoping with the gondola coming in that they can improve their summer operations so much that um, it can be a destination on its own, a cruise ship uh, excursion, or even for the locals that they'll go there too. I mean, there are lots of mountain bikers up there now that they can rely less on the city. So the money we used to spend for the gondola, where did that come from? Did that come from this year's budget? Well, that came from the general fund. Came from the general fund? Okay, for this year? Okay. And negotiations are still going on with Eagle Crest right now to figure out installation, correct? Uh, Correct. Okay. Yep, and I know that Dave Scanlon, the Eagle Crest uh, 
manager and one of our um, engineers just went over there. They were very happy with what they saw. The uh, gondola is in good uh, uh, shape. Um, it's everything that they said it would be, and uh, people are, are asking about that. We couldn't buy it and tell why unless it was running because of just the way the uh, Americans uh, insure things. So you couldn't have stopped it, put it in a surplus pile, and we go over there and buy this pile of stuff. Um, we wouldn't have been able to insure it. So um, it is up and running. It's operational. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. The reason that this uh, particular uh, um, ski resort wants to get rid of it is because they need to get bigger gondola and so they can move more people. So it fits for us perfectly. Um, we're hearing from people that, well, what if the cars come off in that uh, situation? Well, these gondolas are on a fixed cable, so they can't do that. So, But uh, anyway, there's lots of uh, pieces to this uh, little puzzle, but we're hoping that this will add to their summer operations and help Eagle Crest become more self-sufficient. Would repairs be put into the operation budget then for Eagle Crest just to kind of cover that every year? Uh, right now, we give them quite a bit of money every year, and part of that is the repairs. It is for repairs. Okay, but for yeah. a gondola system, I mean, it's going to yeah. probably be a little more of one if something breaks <laughs> on that thing. Probably could be a little bit more, but, uh, and hopefully, it. one of the things that they, I think Eagle Crest is hoping for, too, is they get enough revenue there that then we can look at replacing one of the other chairs. The Tarmigan chairlift, for instance, is fairly old, and it needs to be replaced sooner rather than later. And speaking of revenue builders here in the city, obviously something big this year in the beginning of August. Iron Man is going to be coming to town, and people have um, time to comment on that as well for the meeting on Monday. And actually, it's going to close down Ock Lake. Yep, and that's what we're doing an ordinance on Monday to temporarily close Ock Lake for Iron Man. As you imagine, there's going to be a lot of people swimming in Ock Lake, um, so we don't want anything trying to happen in Ock Lake on that particular time of the day. Um, so we're very excited about Iron Man, and yes, it should bring a lot of revenue. Uh, bring revenue to the city with sales tax and hotel bed tax, but we'll also bring revenue to um, the hotels themselves and um, any of the Airbnbs and also to any of the stores that are selling products. So, And I have already know a few people that have already come up and run the course uh, just to practice it. And uh, Iron Man's excited about it, and so are we. Uh, you got money getting divided out on Monday as well. People will be able to comment on. Why don't we dive into some of that? Okay, these come from our Saturday retreat where we're looking at this big general fund and trying to decide what to do with it. And uh, I think the consensus was that we would keep $10 million aside just in case something happens like a gondola. Um, but we need to take care of some other um, uh, projects that are on the way. So we were looking at uh, $1 million to start the Lemon Creek multimodal uh, path in Lemon Creek. We're looking at uh, $5 million to go to the affordable housing fund, and uh, then we'll figure out ways to spend this fund. I know the assembly is looking at uh, several different ideas on that. So if you have any ideas on how to, how to help out, how to help housing using that fund, please send them our way. Um, three, we're appropriating $3 million for the Augustus Brown pool, and this should finish off the Augustus Brown pool. Um, we had an estimate um, to f renovate that, um, and we, it's been in the 1%, and it was way over, and we just decided, you know, we like the pool, let's just 
finish the pool and get the money out there. And then 1.5 million to information technology. We're just, as uh, information grows, we have to grow with it. And um, someone was just talking to me about computer security yesterday. And um, you'd be surprised how many attacks happen to uh the systems, you know, the city system, the state system, it's surprising how many attacks happen every day. So kudos to our IT department to uh, storm those off. But uh, even just our email gets hacked all the time. So I have sent some interesting emails apparently to <laughs> some folks. And so I, they have to change my email constantly all the time. So I appreciate that. And the long awaited, uh, 500,000 to the Geno Police Department radio station, which also uh, serves the our fire department. So, and I'm hoping that we're, repl- I believe, I shouldn't say, I'm hoping, I believe a lot of that is for the repeaters because we haven't done any work on those for a while. And repeater technology has changed a lot over the years. So it's not so much the radios. We're actually talking about this because, you know, the radios, they, they, they need good radios, but at the same time, they get kind of clashed around a lot and they yeah, break, um, it happens. Yes, uh, so... People, uh, people say, we, you know, we buy pretty cheap radios for the fire department and police department. And I can say this because I was a firefighter. The firefighters <laughs> will even tell you, and I'm sure the police officers will tell you too, you have to make them police and fireproof because they get dropped a lot, especially from heights in the fire department, and they have to be pretty sturdy. And if you think about it, they have to be pretty simple because in a time of crisis or in the dark, which the fire department is often crawling around in the dark and everything, the radio has to be very simple to operate so they aren't dealing with knobs and buttons um, when they're de- having gloves on and in a crisis situation. So, But the repeaters are very important. Um, I know there are areas in town that the radios don't work real well. Um, the biggest one is probably the shadow of Thunder Mountain, so hopefully we can fix that and make that better. Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing I want to ask, too, the Juno Parks and Recs Department is restructuring parking fees for the Downtown Transit Center, and this is actually going to continue for the next three years. So I guess what is the purpose of this? Just trying to figure out uh, better ways to raise revenue for parking. Um, that's what they're looking at. They haven't done uh, a rate uh, increase in the rate of parking for quite some time. And I believe these are just for our two parking garages. I think the big parking lot um, down at the bottom of Main Street will still say at 75 cents an hour. But. Yes, correct. Actually, the Marine Parking Garage, Shoppers Lot, North Franklin Lot will still remain the same. It's the Downtown Transit Center and Marine Parking Garage that is going to change. Yep. And since you mentioned parking, we are going to talk, we have an ordinance amending the parking requirements in the land use code. And this is something the Planning Commission has worked on for two years. And it's come finally before the um, assembly. We dealt with it a little bit at the Committee of the Whole and basically there's a map of downtown that used to be PD1 and PD2 and now um, it's changing the names a little bit and I don't remember the names off the top of my head but basically it allows especially for housing development downtown to not have as much parking requirements or uh, payment in lieu of parking requirements that uh, it used to have so just trying to again encourage some kind of housing downtown which we need in juno right now we need housing everywhere in juno <laughs> <laughs> yes we do which obviously could lead to talking about north douglas there's about to be a study done on that and things are moving along on that as well which public comment will be able to make on monday as well for that 
Uh, yep, and so the North Douglas Crossing, um, we're just getting set up for the Pell study, and they um, are setting up an advisory group, and Christine Wall and Wade Bryson will represent the assembly on the Pell study advisory group. Oh, perfect. Wade's coming in next. He can deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, want to give a huge shout-out. Breaking news over on KINYradio.com. Congratulations going out to Clinkett Haida Central Council President. Robert Peterson. He's got reelected. Uh, Richard Peterson. Uh, Richard Peterson. Richard, <laughs> sorry. Richard Peterson getting reelected on that. Congratulations going out to him. So I guess, how is the relationship between Clinkett and Haida and Juno? Um, I, the relationship between Clinkett, Haida, and Central Council and CBJ is very excellent, and a lot of it can be uh, attributed to President Peterson. Um, I can call him, and he accepts my calls, even my texts, and Rory can call him, and he accepts our call, his calls in Texas, and we can work out a lot of things ahead of time and talk about things that are concerned to the city or concerned to uh, the tribe. And uh, we just really appreciate uh, his working with us. And I'm very pleased he's elected um, very early on in my uh, political career. I reached out to him and he just welcomed me with open arms and uh, um, very smart, savvy guy that just has a really good heart and is re- really trying to do the best he can, not only for the tribe, but for the community. And I always love his saying, healthy tribes make healthy communities, and I've robbed it many times. So thank you, Richard, for that. And thank you for being a really good working friend for Juno. Yes, congratulations, Richard Peterson, on your re-election bid. And congratulations. You can read all about it over at KINYradio.com. It's some breaking news coming in this morning. And sorry, President Peterson, about the name thing. But luckily, he's a <laughs> cool fun guy who I've actually interviewed a couple times now and he's just so much. He would laugh at you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Madam Mayor, thank you so much for coming in today. Obviously a big meeting. If people do want to public comment, how do they go about doing that on Monday? Uh, So you can do it two ways. Um, You can still come in anytime and uh, public comment in assembly chambers themselves or you can uh, call in or zoom in I should say, but you have to notify the clerk before four o'clock on Monday that you're going to do that. And of course, you can get all that information over on the CBJ's website. Madam Mayor Beth Weldon, thank you so much for coming in. If you would like to download this episode of Action Line, you can go on over to KINYradio.com, click the menu, and then click On Demand.